Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. And so if you've been with us for a couple weeks, I'm sure you're now wondering, does he really make it or not? You know, does the little piggy fly? Hey, man, we're super excited that you're here this morning simply because we get to finish out this sermon series, When Pigs Fly, and we've been able to see some miracles happen, and we've been able to hear stories, your stories, and just listen, and just listen to how God is moving, and it's been fun, it's been exciting, and I just want to encourage, don't stop sharing what God's doing, don't stop sharing what God's just allowing you to see and revealing to you in this season of miracles, because we're getting ready to jump into another season where God can multiply through simply your story, and so I encourage you to keep, 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 keep sharing your story. And so we, if you've been with us, we, we've, we've over the past couple of weeks, we, we've come to the conclusion that, that a miracle is not you finding a parking place on, on Black Friday, right? I know some of y'all was out doing some shopping the other day, and it wasn't a miracle of you just finding that parking space. Or, or maybe uh, that, that moment of where you, you can check off the list where you found a toy, right? And, and, and maybe it was in Walmart and you fought somebody over it. You know, who, who knows? That was, that, that's a, yeah, those who understand that one. Um, but I would say hashtag nope, not even a chance. That, that does not even make sense, you know, to me. It does not. Uh, but it's truthful. You can get yourself on social media real quick if you want that one. But it, it's not when your team wins. It's not when you play for that last second and you win or you actually win something. It's not a miracle. It's not. It's not even a miracle when she said yes, you know, to you. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's so much more. It's so much more. And I believe what we have done as a culture is we have misused this word so much we would not even see a miracle when it happens before us because we've abused the word. We've abused it so much that it, that it, it sort of waters it down. And, and a, but here's the truth. A miracle is when God intervenes with all of his glory in heaven uh, to us on earth with all of his power and, more importantly, all of his loves. And it starts to change your life in a, tr- in a direction that changes everything, not just for you, but, but for those around you. And that's how we get our saying. And if you know it, it's changed lives. What? That's right. That's how we get there. Change lives that change lives. See, week one, we opened the conversation or this big idea with, with, with the idea of miracles by, by talking about the miracles of deliverance. When God does a miracle over the forces of the powers of darkness. In week two, we witnessed miracles of healing. And man, we trusted God to do what only he could. And for those who were here, for those who were here, they were amazed by his power and his glory, man. It just literally was filled with his Holy Spirit, his presence, and we knew it, we trusted it, and, and it literally allowed people to start having some conversations in their heart. In week three, we talked about the miracles of protection, miracles of protection, and how God protects his people from those things that would wish to cause harm in our lives. And today, we're going to talk about the miracles of provision, miracles of provision, and we want you to know that God miraculously provides for us in every step, in every step of our story. It's just sometimes we don't see it. Because it looks like the sky is falling. It's like Chicken Little, you know? The sky is falling. Everywhere we look, the sky is falling. And from those moments, if you recall, even this past week, maybe as you turn the page into December, you know, maybe it's your bank account, right? And it, and it looks like it's all completely in red and you're never getting out of it, right? Maybe it's because you spent way too much money uh, this past Thursday and you're still struggling to pay off from last year's last Thursday, <laughs> you know, from last Christmas. Maybe it's your single parent 
and, and you're raising kids and, and, and you just can't get ahead, maybe it's because of a student loan that you just can't turn the page into the next thing and it feels like it's just multiplying year after year. Or maybe it's that one chance for you to get ahead and you took the risk with everything and it backfired on you and you lost everything and you're afraid to tell somebody, especially your husband or your wife. Could be medical bills. It could be car insurance. Even house bills to a mortgage for your home, you you really can't afford. You're, You're doing everything you can to have a pulse in life and stay above water. But it's just really challenging, isn't it? It really doesn't matter how much money you have. You could be a six-figure type of person. The stress is all the same because bills keep on coming. You see, the truth is it can be very challenging in our culture to overcome these type of moments in life. And we wonder, we wonder if we just lean into God, will he provide? We, we ask that question. I know if, if I ask it, and if I'm just being truthful, there's people in this room that ask the same question. God, where are you? God, are you here? You see, I've often said it this way. If we follow God on his plans and not our own, he will provide. And I've narrowed it down to a better sentence for me. It's my new t-shirt that one day I'll get printed up. But either God's a liar or he's a provider. It's just that simple, especially when we follow him. He's a liar or he's a provider. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've screamed out to God along the way that at God only, only to be put back in my place. Now, I know my wife can do that quite well, but like God can do it 10 times better. He makes you feel like this small. How did I not trust him? How did I not lean into him? You see, even when we first launched CP, we had some huge medical bills. Some people don't know this story. But we had some huge medical bills that just come flooding in. All of a sudden, we were like, are you kidding me? How are we going to do this, God? How are we going to pay for this? And, and church, like, I don't get it. We just, we left everything on the table and now, and now this. And I remember laughing with my wife and I was just like, okay, if God, if, if you're the provider, you're, you've got this. And I laid this bill on our coffee table and it sat there for like three days. And, and literally, we, we just, as I was going by, I'd just pray over it and God, you got this. I've got you, I trust you. But in my heart, I didn't trust him. I, I didn't. If I'm being completely honest, I was petrified. I was scared to death. I I didn't know how he was going to do this one because it wasn't like a couple hundred dollars. It was more like multiple thousands of dollars. And I was just like, how are you going to provide? And all of a sudden, a letter came in the mail, and it was just more of like a thank you card letter, you know? And so the letter, and there's a photo checkup, and this, this letter basically just started pour its heart out. And this guy, man, that I knew in college just basically said, man, I am so excited to see what God is getting ready to do through your life. I'm so excited just to, just to be able to, to do something small, to sow into your life. I've watched you from afar, Jason, and, and I'm so proud to call you a friend. And I haven't talked to this dude since college. But he was tracking me down on social media. So there are stalkers out there. That's the first thing. Number two, God stirred it in his heart in the middle of the night to write that check. In the middle of the night, stirred his heart. And he wrote a check, not just for a couple hundred bucks, but multiple thousands of dollars to pay for that bill that he had no clue about. And when I opened that check, I screamed out loud like a little baby girl. I was like, Sarah, get in here! 
she came running like one of the kids had just killed themselves, you know? It was a moment of like, what, what? I was like, you got to see this. And she just started laughing and crying all the same way. And I was just like, yeah, we just got to give thanks. And we did. We were praying, thanking God for what he had just done. Like, we, there's no words to begin to express what we were experiencing. It was that moment, do you trust me? Do you really trust me with this? Because I've got this. Only thing I've asked you to do is just to be obedient. Be obedient. And so from that moment on, we really adopted these four words, long obedience in the same direction. God, we trust you. No matter what it looks like, we trust you. You know, I was just blown away by the generosity. And again, you know, we, we get those moments and when you don't have money to, to provide for groceries for the week and you're just like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll survive on some peanut butter and jelly. But then all of a sudden there's just a basket full of, of groceries and full, you know, just everything underneath the sun, fresh meat, everything in, in front of your door when you walk home. Like, how did that get there? God, how, how did you know? Of course, he's the provider. And it just sort of, it sort of baffles me some days how I can still doubt some days but he's yet to fail me. He's yet to fail me. He continuously provides every step of the way. And I just want you to know, I just want you to know that wherever your story is and whatever your story looks like, God provides through his word in ways only he can get the credit for. And he's trying to reveal that to you in a miraculous way. And in the way I like to just push this down to a sentence or push this down to an idea for us to take home today. In every story of need, there's a miracle provision when you follow. In every story of need, there's a miracle of provision when you decide to follow. All through scripture, every time you see a story of need, you also see a miracle of provision right there with it. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is where Jesus and his disciples were, were doing some ministry and a crowd started to gather and they started to follow him. And thousands and thousands of people started to gather around him and they just started to, just to, to camp out on a hillside and eventually they, they were all hungry because there was no markets around and the disciples asked, Jesus, what do we do? What do we do? How do we do this? Jesus, what do we do? They're, they're panic. They're in panic, full-blown panic mode, man. It really was. You think you have problems for turkey dinner? They had problems. How do you feed thousands and thousands of people? with no food. And then all of a sudden, a little boy says, hey, I, I got some food. I got, I got a couple of fish. I got, I got two of these things. I got some bread, and, 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 and I got some loaves of bread. And, 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 and Jesus said, that's good. That's faith. Hey, bring them over here. Let's just pray about it, and we'll provide in, in a way that only God can get the credit for it. And, and the next thing you know, we have fish sandwiches for everybody. <laughs> I mean, literally, they just start passing them out of bags, and they're like, man, this is nuts. Like, this is the never-ending bag of fish sandwiches, and it just keeps on pouring out, and everybody gets one, and then the crazy thing is, there's 12 baskets of of, of leftovers, and the story basically goes, it's not in the Bible, but my hunch tells me it's for those 12 disciples to take home with them the next time they doubt Jesus, the next time they have doubt that rises up, remember, you took home a lot of extra fish sandwiches, don't forget this, I'm the provider. You just got to be obedient. You see, even in the Old Testament where God asked Moses to raise his hands over the sea, over the Red Sea, and with the staff, and, he, and from that moment on, he provided a path for them to walk over, and, and he kept those forces away that wanted to kill him at bay. Maybe it's manna from heaven. 
that, that, that just drop of bread, that literally raining bread every morning. Don't take any more than you need. Just, just take enough for each day. It could be even a, a huge fish that may feel like death, but it's actually God's provision keeping you safe just like he did Jonah. Or maybe it's the greatest story of all time where God sends his one and only son, his one and only son, and out of, out of love to save us from where we're at through a baby. You see, in every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. In every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. And, and speaking of that, b- before we just dive in full hard, wholeheartedly this morning, before we dive into Christmas and we turn the page, next week we're, we're going to start a sermon series called God With Us. God With Us. And, and I want to encourage you not just to be here, but to consider inviting somebody. Because this series will touch on how God is with us in, in every moment. We may feel like that we are in a deep valley of death or we're alone in a desert and we're, there's just, we're never going to get out of it. We might be even on top of the mountain looking for direction or we just want to see if our prayers will be answered. No matter what the circumstances are, we can celebrate that God is with us. This is a, a sermon series that is it's, it's, it's more of a sermon series that's crafted around where we can welcome people who are feeling hurt and alone during this season. And let's just be honest, how many people know somebody like that? Letting them know that God is with us through all circumstances because we want to let them know that they are not alone because God is with us. Now, next week we begin that, and I hope you will be here. But as we just finish this out, one of the greatest missionaries of all time on the face of the earth, and and actually who wrote more of the Bible than anybody else, and and some of you are like, oh, I know who this is. We've talked about him ever. You know, he had a conversion. His name was Saul, but when he experienced who Jesus was, and it just changed his life, when he had a changed life moment, he became the Apostle Paul. A bear for, for the story, the bear for the gospel that changes lives. And he, and he leaves this letter in, in, called Philippians in the New Testament. And in Philippians 4.19, Paul t- tells the people of, of Philippi that I, I believe is very, very helpful for us today. You see, most people, I think it's interesting, most people just pick up on a couple scriptures and then they'll even tattoo them on themselves. And, and, and most people would know Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who what? Yeah, it gives me strength. You know that Bible verse just like you know John 3, 16. But I encourage you to keep on reading through the Bible because there's a little bit more nuggets than just that one verse, okay? All right, I'm just being honest with you, all right? So there's some more verses there that are awesome. If you want to stop listening to me and start reading your Bible, I'm totally cool with that because God's a better speaker than I am, okay? But the truth is, listen, listen to this next piece that Paul writes right after 413. So keep reading, keep reading. You're going to find something beautiful. But it says this in Philippians 419, it says this, and my God... Now, you can already tell where he's going with this. This is my God. This is my God. My my God will meet all of your needs, not just some, all of your needs, according to the riches of his glory and through, through who? Christ Jesus. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory through Christ Jesus. All things. I don't know if you knew this or not, 
But God is the giver of all good things. And if this is the only thing you hear this morning, I pray it sinks in deep. God is the giver of all good things. And as a matter of fact, in your Bible, the brother of Jesus, which is his name is James, says it this way. And I don't know many brothers would ever say something like this because my brother probably wouldn't. I'm just being honest. He loves me, but nothing like this. He, he says this in James 1.17, that every good and perfect gift comes from my brother. Every good, every good, perfect gift comes from him, Jesus. Now, before we take this next step together, I just want to push pause right here because we, we know that, that God is a miraculous provider. And we know that he's the alpha and omega in the world. He's the beginning and he's the end of everything that is good. And everything that is good comes from him, and we know that. And God promises to meet your needs, but I want you to understand something else here, that sometimes you you sort of fill in the gaps. Our mind wanders and we begin to fill in this gap when we want it to fit in our gap. Let me explain it to you this way. Have you ever had one of these moments when it's like I say something to my, or for me, I say it to my kids and, 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 and what they hear is not what I said. Right? Any, anybody in here? Okay, I'm just checking if you're out there because I can't see. It's all I see is blinding lights. And so it's, 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 but it's like what I would say is like something like this. They can go play. Hey, hey guys, you guys can go play after you clean up your rooms and help with the dishes in the sink and, and maybe take out the trash. What they heard was, yeah, you can go play. They're like, oh, daddy, it's great. They came for today. You know, they're going outside, they're playing, they get home, and then the mom's like, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I told them to go clean their rooms. And then they could go play. No, what they heard first was they can go play. And, and, and we hear what we want to what? Hear. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Maybe, maybe God said something to you along your journey today, but you only heard half of it. Maybe you only heard what you wanted to hear. And so before we take this, step, set, this next step, let me say it again. God promises to meet your needs, but he never promises to provide your wants. I got really deathly silent in here. You see, God promises to meet your needs, but he never promised to provide your wants. Come on, that's good. It's rich. Some of you need to stew on that one just a little bit. Mm, you know, get it going a little bit because it's, it's real. Some of you are like, what? I, I thought you just said, hey, let me tell you something. Christians struggle with this idea because we, we misinterpret what, what we expect him to do. We do. We just sort of give it all out. And we, we even put it at the altar and we're like, give it all to you, God. We're more like, we're give it all to you, God. And the truth is, we, we all know there is a difference between what we need and, and what we want. But we just don't care. Do we? Come on. A little bit? Y'all ain't honest. Right? Well, let's, just, let's just ask some questions. Because it was Black Friday week, right? You see, we all know we need clothes to wear because you guys will look kind of weird without clothes on this morning. 
But what we really want is limited edition clothes from Versace, Gucci, and Prada, right? And some of you are like, what kind of clothes is that? I just wear Lee's. You know, <laughs> well, even Lee's has got their own name brand stuff, right? Or maybe it's, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's that need of vacation because God doesn't want us to rest, right? He wants us to be refreshed. Because, you know, for you, this, this staycation stuff is, is not going to cut it anymore. And you're telling your husband you're, or you're telling your wife, I want a vacation, a real one. And so you start to begin to look in, uh, you know, uh, this whole week, all-inclusive everything. Everything's coming. And you got massage packages booked. you got the cruise book, And you're just looking over from your bed, your angle, your view of this magnificent just viewpoint of a blue ocean. And some of you are like, Amen. Come on, anybody? That inward desire? Okay, so I'll just, I'll, I'll go inward for us. You know, we're struggling with this, this, this one idea about our house. You know, what do we do with it, right? And she's over here laughing already because she knows where I'm going with this. If everyone would admit we, we need a house, okay? Or a teepee, one or the other. You know, it's one of those things. It's something to call home, Okay. But what we want is, especially if you're my wife, not calling her out, but is a house designed by Chip and Joanna Gaines with a ton of hardwood floors and shiplack everywhere. Amen. Amen. Now, how in the world did we get that on the amen? <laughs> but we didn't get the truth on the amen. Y'all a bunch of sinners. <laughs> and what we also want is a huge backyard with a pool designed by the pool guys, right? Yeah, see? My son designs pools every single day. It's amazing. He's like, Dad, we can put up an extra slide. I mean, we, can, we can put... Blah, 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 blah. And, and he even knows the words, the grotta. I'm like, where do you get these words? And he's showing me the video. I'm like, good night. It's so funny. You see, needs versus one are totally different things, right? So the truth is, that's what we want. It's that inward design, it's, but it's not necessarily what we need. And so... For Christmas this year, how about this one? Let's just take it up a notch. Uh, for all the parents trying to figure this one out, you can simply use this line for your kids. Santa knew you needed socks because it's not what you needed, right? Or excuse, it is what you need. It's not what you wanted. And so your want is maybe more V-Bucks on Fortnite, and you ain't getting them. Socks is where it's coming from. That's right. Way cheaper. Way cheaper. Just saying, um, been praying about that one, so we'll see what that one, how that one froze for our family. But, so, if you're taking notes, let's, let's think about this for a second. When God guides, he always provides. It, when God guides, he always provides. When, when God is the one guiding you, his provision is always, always following. And I just want you to know that this morning. And some of you are like, ah, Get your arms crossed, get your bumpers up. You're just, you're still chewing on it. You're like, I don't know. Let me say it to you one more time. When God guides, he always provides. In Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you always. And so as he's guiding you, you will, you will then satisfy your need in a sun-scorched land. And it talks about that. And when everything else around you is desolate, the God of the universe is going to provide your needs. When? Here's the catch. When you are being led by him. But understand this. He, he doesn't provide for your dreams. 
He doesn't respond to your ambitions. He simply provides for your will. Your will. Through his will. Your will to follow him. And then his will will be done. It's just that simple. And when you're walking in sync with God and his will, his purpose, know this, his provision will always, always be there. Maybe you're thinking, God, where are you now? Jason, you don't understand where I'm at right now. I'm on the edge of brink. Me and my husband, we're just not seeing eye to eye right now. The finances are upside down. We can't communicate. Nothing's going right. My family, my divorce. And I've been following you. I've been turning it over to you. And I've been doing this. But this bill is past due. And this has happened. And the one thing that caused this avalanche of debt. And I just can't. God, where are you? And you feel like you're on the side of the cliff and you're just screaming out to God, God, where are you? I want you to understand something. And that is, this is very personal, but yet profound. And is it possible that God has provided for your needs, yet you took the provision and spent it your own ones? Maybe God has provided for you for many moons and many years and many trips around the sun, yet you took the provision and you spent it your own way. You did your own thing. And you spend it on your own wants. And I know that stung. But we also know where, where the truth is, there's freedom. And maybe we, we spent the provision on our wants and, and that's how we got here today. That's how we got to this, this, this situation, this, this, this place that's challenging right now. You see, I believe God is calling us back to this place of understanding what his promises are and just letting those flow into our lives and and not the other way around. One of the best examples in in the whole Bible, it comes from the Old Testament. It's, It's about a story. It's about a story named Abraham. And Abraham and his wife, Sarah, with one R, longed for, for one thing. He was a child. He was a son. And the son was, was a promise of God that Abraham would become the father of many nations. And if you grew up in church, you know, Father Abraham and many. Yeah, so you grew up in church too. Yeah, so we, 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 we sung this song over and over again. And I remember as a child, we sung this song, and it was a great song. And you had all kinds of arm motions and everything else. And it was just fun to sing. But this story is so much more than just a song. You see, day after day after day after day, Abraham and Sarah, they prayed, and they waited, and they fasted, and they seriously, they were so faithful in their prayer through decades. They were faithful that decade after decade after decade, and finally, and finally, their promise comes in the birth of their baby boy named Isaac. And then God puts Abraham to the test, y'all. A couple years later, he literally puts him to the test, and he says, Abraham, take your son to the mountain and offer him as a Living sacrifice. Do what? I, did I hear you right, God? You, you said take, take him, the, the promise, but the thing that you, you promised, you, I prayed for Isaac, God. For years, you, you came through and now you want me to do what? He said, again, Abraham, I just need you to go over here and, and I need you to go to the mountain. And offer him as a sacrifice. 
And so Abraham, with all of his courage in God, tells Isaac, hey, go bundle up some wood and I'm gonna get my knife and we're gonna go to the mountain. And so they take off on this trip to the mountain with his son. And can you imagine walking up to the mountain with his son the whole moment, everything, every step, counting the steps because he knows how many steps it takes to get there. Because, you know, if we're just honest, I, even Isaac, he knows what's going on. He, he knows that his father has sacrificed things up there before and he's worshiped God there on this mountain. He knows it's about to happen. He even knows that he's carrying the wood for the sacrifice and, and he's carried the wood before. And, and, and guess what, you know, he's carrying now. He's carrying wood and he, and he knows this is about to happen, but he knows there's something missing. He's like, hey, daddy. Hey, dad, I got a question for you. It's not like, are we there yet? In the back seat of the car. We get there when we get there. No. Hey, Dad. Hey, like, um, carrying this wood. You're supposed to be carrying the lamb, but you ain't carrying no lamb. What's going on, Dad? And, and yet he responds with amazing faith and insight from a young boy. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham responds in Genesis 22.8 simply with this. And he says, God himself will provide the lamb. I believe it. God himself will provide the lamb, son. That's faith. And they go up to the mountain and they start to build the altar just like they've done so many other times. And faithfully, Abraham lays his son and ties him on the altar. He says, don't be afraid. Don't worry. God's got this. And he begins to tie his hands. He begins to tie his hands and his feet up and he just starts to hold him down. And you can almost see the tears in his eyes. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he starts to pull up that knife. And I know it doesn't make much sense in our culture today, but this does make a lot of sense back then. And at this time, it was totally a different story. But in this moment, the knife goes up and then in verse 10, the Bible says that an angel of the Lord appears in verse 11 and 12, don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. For I know now that you fear God. I now know that you fear God. Now, here's where the provision comes. In Genesis 22, 13, and 14, and this is what God does. When he guides, he provides. When he, when he guides, he provides. And see, Abraham looked up and over in the thicket, and he sees a ram caught up in it by its horns. And he went over and took the ram. And you can almost see him singing hallelujah. And he started to sacrifice it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham named this mountain, this place, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And to this day on that mountain of the Lord, it is provided. What do we know? You see, Abraham was laser focused on the will of God. And he answered his son before he even reached the top by saying, I know, I know my God will provide the lamb himself. You see, what we often struggle with, if we're honest, if we're looking in, if we just peel back that layer this morning, is, is not being fixed on God. We're not. But being fixated on what we lack. And if that's the lens that you're looking through, that through your life, you're going to see what you describe as an unfaithful God. 
And when the truth is, he's always been true to keep his promises. You see, when he guides, he always provides. You see, I'm telling you this. For some of you, this is a brick wall and you're hitting it right now. You're just slamming into it like 100 miles an hour because you're, until you fully trust Jesus, you're going to say he doesn't always provide. The reason why I can say that is because I've been there. I had that aha moment with Jesus before and that almost cost me everything. I was actually spiritual but not really following. I was doing, but not really submitting and fully trusting Jesus. Yeah, see, I did that when I was seven years old, but, but I can't see any fruit throughout these years of history. It's more just good things and not God things. You see, if we look deeper into the story of Abraham, God, why, why would you ask him to sacrifice Isaac? Why? Was it God's will to take Isaac? To, to take his one and only son that Isaac prayed for? No, no. So why would God ask him for that? You see, here it is. If you're not listening, listen. See, God knew the purpose that he had for Abraham's life. And he knew that Abraham could only carry the weight of his calling. Lean in, I don't want you to miss this. And he knew that Abraham couldn't carry the weight of his calling if he was holding anything back. If he was holding anything back. So what do we know? You see, God has a miraculous purpose for your life, just like he did for everyone before you. And God wants you to know that that when you truly get to the point of putting him first in everything, in every area, in every moment of your time, here on earth, with your time, your talent, and your tithe, you're ready to carry the weight of his calling of your life. And that's why God longs for us to put him first in everything, not just on Sundays. Matthew 6, Jesus says it this way, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and what all of these things will be given to you as well. We miss that. We sort of just say it on Sundays, but don't follow through with it. We don't allow it to guide our weeks. It's just a day of the week. Big difference. You see, I think back to the life of our church, the history of it. God knew the purpose that he had for this place before we ever knew the purpose for this place we call home. Back when we were just sitting on our knees in our living room and asking for discernment and guidance, We're just crying out to God going, what do we do with this? What do you want from this? And then he revealed to us a gym and and where we began to see some movement and some traction. And we thought we had arrived, but then God took it away from us and we lost our contract because God wanted us to get ready for something more. And we would have never been ready for more if he didn't take it away. And even, even though we couldn't see it because we were completely homeless for the summer in the park, one of our favorite moments, praise in the park. See, God guided us every step of the way and we just trusted him through that moment. And I remember that summer that we said, when God ordains, he sustains. Because it literally, it did. It rained every single day. It was, it was like a flood. It was like the days of Noah all over again. But it never rained on us in the park. 
It never did. When we were out loving and living and being the hands and feet of Jesus, we literally watched rain go around us, not through us. He protected us. It was awesome. And then, he, then all of a sudden, it started getting cold, and we were like, okay, God, you got to give us something. We, we just trust you in this journey. And then, and then he revealed the loft. And we're like, are you kidding me? We never looked up. We looked east. We looked west. We looked south. We looked north. We looked every direction, but we never looked up. And when we looked up, there's this big, huge building on top of literally the community that we love to live and serve. And, and we had no idea of the provision that was about to happen and take place. And see, he's provided every step of the way. See, in every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. I literally met the guy of this, this place where we call home at the movie theater. And he just leaned over and said, what are you doing? I said, well, we're getting popcorn to take down to the park and, and have a movie night out at the park and just do some crazy things. He said, where are you going to call home? I said, we don't have a home right now. We don't know where our home's going to be. And the next thing you know, we start sharing our story and we just start communicating. He said, hey, why don't you come by and check this place out? And from that moment on, through popcorn, God provided. And they had no clue. Had no clue. You see, even as we take these next steps over to the warehouse, if we're completely honest and just transparent, there is a need and, and we don't know how everything is going to get paid for and, and, and just completely taken care of. But we do know there's a miracle in, in the works. And there is only one way this all works and that's God gets the credit for it. And when we see it, we will all be utterly amazed and know that it's his provision and his provision only. And so what we've learned about our church story is this, is our need for a savior has allowed us to see the miracles of Jesus' provision in a way that created for us this saying of changed lives that change lives. You see, to putting discipleship into multiplication in everything we say and do is hard and it's challenging, but it changes lives. More than 750 mils going out through gobble, gobble, give is just not just a good thing, it's a God thing. And in choosing how to love loud now through our, our community with a Christmas blitz over the next month, we'll impact families all over our community to point people back to Jesus and we'll change lives. You see, we don't want them just to connect with us. We want them to connect with a Jesus who saved us. But if they do connect, we're always better together. And it's going to be fun doing it. You see, when we stop holding things back from God and we begin to change what we care about with everything, it changes lives and it starts with you. Every time that you give of your time, your talent and your time, you sow a seed. And God multiplies that seed and it changes the eternity destiny uh, of somebody else where you work, live and play because you start to share your story. And if you don't believe me, just look up in that orange room on the way out and just see that this room is full of light and when it once was dark, Literally, that room only had one light bulb in it, and now look at it. It's bright, it's full of life, it's vibrant, and it's because of people who came before you, who had a changed life experience, started to pour life into you, and now you got a mir miraculous provision of hope, and more importantly, his love. You see, in every story of need, there's always a miracle of provision. And I want to leave you with this last thought, because we're going to do something a little different at the very end. And sometimes, this is where I want to challenge you. Sometimes you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. It's you. You might be the answer to someone else's prayer. And in fact, this is what Paul told 
Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 9.11, he said this, he said that you will be enriched in every way. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So you could have more and more of your, for yourself? No. No, he said that you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. On every occasion and through us, your gener- generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You see, do you realize that when God miraculously provides, you often might be a part of that miracle story? When God uses what he trusts to you with, to be a blessing or an answered prayer to someone else. You see, in every story of need, there's always a miracle, a provision. And most of the time, it's you. You see, when God guides, he always provides. If we pursue his will, his provision will follow. When God directs our steps, he always puts provision in our path. And it's just simply this. When God guides, he provides. And this is what I know. There's people sitting in this room right here, right now, that have never allowed him to fully guide you. There's people in this room that have been allowing fear, church, pride, you name it. You can fill in the gaps of the why. But you've never allowed him to fully guide. It's only just like half in. It's just, it's just, it's just a, become a ritual now of what you say and do and it's become a part of your life in a way that, that you can't see miracles happen simply because you've never fully trusted him. You can say everything. You even know the books of the Bible and you even know how to say it. But you've never felt a miracle. You've never been able to see one because you doubt when it happens. I'm sorry because the devil is tricking you. There's marriages in here that is ready to fail. And you won't cry out to God simply because your pride's in the way. You won't allow the miracle to happen because it's you in the way. Some of you are on the brink of financial collapse simply because your pride's too high to say, I can't do this anymore. I need help. She's too stubborn to ask for a miracle. And there's people in this room who can't help. There's people in this room that just want to pray with you and just get on your knees and seek God. I don't want to take a next step with anybody if we don't want to see God do something extraordinary. I want to see life happen in a way that creates miracles every single step with every breath that I have simply because I'm flying high with God. I want to step off the cliff and know that he's going to provide the next step. And I want you to know it too. Some of you just can't see it. You don't trust it. You're like, I can't step there because there's nothing there. It's called faith. (laughs) Do you truly trust him? Do you truly trust him? 
When he guides, he provides. When he guides, he provides. When he guides, he provides. In every story of a need, there's always a miracle, a provision. And for some of you, you just need to hear that. And so the band's gonna come and they're gonna start to sing. We're just gonna trust God with this moment and I'm just gonna ask that people start to move. You already know what you're supposed to do. I just pray that you start to respond in a way that you know that you, you just gotta, you gotta go all in with this. Stop playing the game and start trusting God in a way. And I pray that people start to surround these people wherever they're at, wherever you're sitting. And you just respond to the Holy Spirit in a way that you start to see the miracle. Remember, sometimes you're the miracle. God's already stirring your heart that you know you're supposed to be praying on the person. I hope it's like a laser point that you just start to, you just shoot up out of that seat. You're just not afraid of anything. You just go for it. So this is what we're going to do. We're just going to sit. They're going to lead us in worship. We're going to let God provide in a way that when we follow in his footsteps, he guides us. And then we can respond. We'll just trust the Holy Spirit to do what he does. We'll just trust him. It might be awkward for some of you. Like, uh, hey, close your eyes then. Just worship. Just enjoy the favor of what God's trying to do right now. Lean in to the miracle that's happening. Ask God to reveal Grab your husband and come to the altar. Grab your wife and say, we got to get this right. Do whatever it takes. Pray over your children. I don't care. I just don't want you to go to sleep tonight not knowing that God guides in ways that he's trying to do in your life, that he wants to provide something remarkably more. But you got to take that step of faith. And so Jesus, we trust you. We trust you with what you're doing right here, right now. We just lean into that moment. We, just, we ask for favor over this moment. We're just going to ask that God, your Holy Spirit, just move in a way that literally that, that when we get done, we, just, we can't stop shouting out. We can't stop singing about it. We can't stop talking about it. That we just see your, your revelation for our life and how you're trying to guide us and how you're trying to provide for us. And we just, Lord, we exalt you in this moment. We thank you for giving us this moment. We thank you for just the stories that you've passed on to us to encourage us, to breathe life into us. Jesus, you're the Jehovah Jireh, the provider of all things, all things. And every good thing comes from you. So God, right now, I'm asking for good and miraculous moments that will take place simply because we took a step of faith with our, with our finances, with our, with our marriages, with our family, with our kids, with our next steps of our career choice. God, some of us are in a job that we do not need to be in. And we just need to trust you by saying enough's enough. Maybe it's a relationship we should not be in. God, give us the boldness to say enough's enough. Maybe it's for the first time to say enough's enough. I've never fully trusted you. And we surrender everything over to you right now.
God, I pray that in your name that we'd move and your spirit reveal to us our next step of faith as you provide.